Rebels, we have a very special treat. We are here with the creators, writers, and stars of the hit OutTV web series, Avocado Toast, Heidi Lynch, Perry Voss, and Alexander Nunez, right here on Rebel Without a Closet. Madeline, I need to speak to Madeline once. She's not here. Oh, thank God. This is a story of a guy named Brad. Who wants to be a steward anyway? How dare you? Shut up, I put on lip gloss. Let's unpack that for a second. What is happening? This is a conference table made of solid oak. This movie was a fucking lie. My God, my mother is upstairs somewhere. Was it an adventure for you? Final thoughts, I hated it. Oh, to Jesus, he's got a friend, Jane. Wait, wait. <laughs> oh, Stefan, watching you crumble Embarrassing. <laughs> Welcome to the pod, everyone. Thank Hi, you. thank you. So excited to have you. We just finished our review of the series, and I have to say how much I really, truly love both seasons. Um, very rich and dynamic as a long-term story, but I really enjoyed that each season was essentially its own entity. Um, can you let our audience know, where did you come up with the concept of Avocado Toast? <laughs> Yeah. Well, yeah, season one started with uh, Perry and I. We got a theater gig out of town together and we'd never met. And right when we met, we were going through some big life changes. I had fallen in love with a woman for the first time and was discovering my bisexuality. And Perry's parents, baby boomer parents, decided to get a divorce. So we were stuck in this tiny town together and all we could do is grab cider and hug each other (laughs) and talk through life. And it was this really neat bubble that was out of the city. We weren't in Toronto. We weren't in our normal lives. So everything was kind of condensed. um, And we just tried to make each other laugh through the process as we were going through growing pains Um, and then we didn't sort of want that to end, or we thought that there was merit to sharing it with other people because there were two experiences that we hadn't really seen on television for millennial women to be going through. And we started to write the show. Um, and we were so lucky to get Alexander Nunez cast in a very small role in season one, but he just blew up the camera and we all fell in love with him. And, um, I asked, Charlie and Perry, if it was okay to ask Alex to come write season two with us. And they were super on board. And that's how we got to the magic of season two. Amazing. Amazing. (laughs) (laughs) So for for me, um, where did you find the characters while writing them, but also like not just writing them, but also acting them later on? Like, are they big departures when you're acting them from yourselves? based on the experiences you have kind of in their heads? For, for me, for my, like with Elle, I, I think the biggest thing was that I wanted to kind of amalgamate a bunch of um, train wreck moments in my life into her, like using my biggest extremes that I had been in through my twenties and into my early thirties. Um, so she's sort of like an extreme version of who I could be if that's just sort of, if I stayed in all those states Um, and so, yeah, I, I think she is really different from me, but she's very, like, she's rooted in stuff that I've experienced. Um, so that's, that's just for me. I don't know for you two, if that's similar. What about you, Alex? I was going to let you go first. (laughs) I'm going to be quiet. Uh, this is, this is your show. I'm just living in it. Uh, no, Jordan is like, Jordan, I don't think it was anything like who I was or I think we're more alike now, now that season, now that season two has gone through. Um, 
Yeah, Jordan's a like um, when you when I was auditioning for Jordan, I feel like I wasn't really what they were looking for. Little did I know uh, they didn't really know what they were looking for. Um, <laughs> just you know, in the in the first season, you know, he's this he's this smaller character, and he, I just imagined him as this. Um, quiet, shy to speak, assistant, just uh, packed to the brim with anxiety, um, with fabulous makeup, <laughs> uh, which I guess isn't, I mean, that's not too far, that's not too far stretched from who I really am as a person. <laughs> but, uh, but by see, I think, I, I think in real life, I'm, I'm a lot calmer in general than Jordan is. And I think I handle uh, stress and conflict a lot better than he does. And uh, I'm a little more um, on it with uh, giving my honest opinion. <laughs> yeah, I think so. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. For Molly, in season one, she's very different than Heidi. Um, no one would accuse me of being passive aggressive. I'm aggressive aggressive. I'm, the very, I'm a direct friend. I say uncomfortable things that are hard to say like uh, trying to be molly and the quiet the that was very different from heidi for sure um season two has a lot more elements for me i found i because it was so based on real things i do find when i have a problem when i'm really struggling i really keep it to myself and i can put a big wall up for everyone around me and the people around me can see that I'm struggling, but I, I would rather deal with it on my own. Um, so reaching out and asking for help, um, was very true to my experience in terms of endometriosis and, and what was going on there. But, um, in terms of like developing the character, a really big, um, part of the process for me and finding how she was different from Heidi was through our director, Sam Coyle. She really like, she had her own idea of Molly as well from what we'd written or stuff that she wanted to heighten and bring to the character. She also has an authentic bisexual experience. And, um, and so her sort of imprint of who Molly is met with mine and she really helped me feel like I was playing a character. I wasn't just playing myself. She really helped me see the world as something different than what I had just experienced. And that's sort of the mark of a wonderful collaborator in any regard, which Alex has also been um, helped helped us create Molly and Elle with that outside eye. Um, just like just saying, oh, this happened to me in real life. It needs to be TV. Sometimes it's not good enough. Like it won't translate. It's not dynamic. It's not dramatic. And so the team we hired really helped us shift these experiences into something that would be compelling, compelling for TV, I think. That's awesome. Yeah. And, and we see in the second season that Molly, um, has her own, uh, health journey, um, that I guess is, uh, has parallels to your own personal health journey. What was it like bringing that experience to your character and showcasing it in season two? Um, <clears throat> I mean, it was quite easy, uh, in terms of the fact that it was right there. It was very, um, accessible, I think it's it's just such a different experience. And I know like Alex can speak to this too. And so can Perry. Like they've both done some wonderful big Canadian productions lately. But when it's, for me, when it's my own set, 
that I'm producing, that I'm in charge of, and it's my own story, so many nerves go out the window. Like it's really just about the work and just about the character on the day. There's less voices in my head where when I'm doing, you know, two days on a big American TV show or British TV show, I can really get into my own head about like, oh, is the director happy with me? Do they like me? Does the cast members think I'm okay? Did I do a good job for the writer? Did I, while I'm trying to act and it really can muddy it and it can get in the way of me like doing a great, open, authentic, emotionally honest performance. But for this, like I had lived it, I had dreamt it, I had slept, I'd I'd reworked these scenes so many times in my head. By the time we actually played them out, like it was... It was like I just had to step out of the way and it was all there. It had all been there for years in development. So um, it was amazing. And to to mirror what Perry said too, it like the experience that Molly goes through in season two is an amalgamation of of so many different Endo Warriors stories. There's some loose stuff that's connected to my experience. I actually had an extremely charmed, wonderful experience of endometriosis, which sounds like an oxymoron, but statistically, I was very lucky in the way that my experience panned out. But um, yeah. I, I thank you for sharing that that journey on the show and also with us right now. It was a it was definitely a highlight of season two, just seeing that character's growth and and just what they were going through, and thank everyone you. seemed to, of course, and everyone seemed to have some really great um, connections and character growth. Uh, one thing I noticed is that with uh, Perry in the first and second season, we see um, a real journey of self with Elle from going through mm-hmm. the parents' divorce and then legitimately joining a cult. After a, a very int- intense burnout, what was your approach um, when deciding how to narrate Elle's sort of mental well-being and emotional well-being uh, for that season? Mm. It's yeah, it's funny. Like I start the first image I had when we started writing season two, I was like, I just saw Elle with her hands in the dirt because she had really just like reached, I think, the sort of apex of where she could have gone with the intensity of being an overworking, like what I don't know power hungry like I just I was like I'm kind of done with that like we don't need to see where that goes I think we can all tell it's not going in the good direction so I just I was like if if it's from the dirt and I over that after like we had wrapped season one I went on my own sort of journey of really just trying to sit with my feelings and trying to understand my own mental health because I really struggled from panic attacks and depression and anxiety uh, but not ever listening to myself. So I was I was just constantly working at this like high level of, okay, we'll just keep going. Okay, we'll just keep going. And that led to a lot of really hard uh, moments that I didn't think that I would survive. So I really wanted to sort of delve into that world of wh- what does one do when they don't have the resources? Because I have a really amazing support network. But I'm like, what does one do when one doesn't have the the resources of you know, a really good partner, really present parents or friends. And um, I think, you know, there's a lot of wellness um, things on the internet or people that are claiming to have the answer to make you the the best person you can be and we're going to fix you. But I think, you know, within my research as well and all of our research, I think that maybe something starts with good intentions, but then it becomes this or maybe it doesn't. Like, I think there's lots of different avenues of that, but I think people can use people's vulnerability to help fuel their own um, power trajectory. And so I just wanted to look at what, what that would look like if 
Um, and also just sort of bring panic attacks and, and that sort of, cause it's so scary. Like I, I, I still don't feel like I quite wrote it cause I needed to stay within the world of, of avocado toast, but I really wanted to share what that feeling is like and, and make people feel seen. Cause whenever I've seen that on screen, I'm like, wow, other people experience that too. Like you feel like you're going to die. <laughs> so, um, yeah. And then Amira came out of that. Um, I just wanted to create this person that seems like she has all the answers and, uh, is somewhat diabolical as well. <laughs> yeah. So. She, she was horrible to watch. Like, I, yeah. <laughs> which is, which just shows that she was doing an excellent job because like, yeah. You just, you cringe when you see her and you're like, oh, someone save her. <laughs> like, someone save Elle. <laughs> Where is everyone? Oh. And, and we're, As we're someone who suffers from panic attacks, I thought that the depiction on screen was absolutely amazing. Yes. Oh, and oftentimes I find that in certain TV shows, either very, very big. And sometimes it, it is, it's a settlement in yourself where you're like, okay, so like, this is it. This is as far as this life is going. And like the world is closing in. So I, I really yeah. appreciated that depiction in the show that it was oh, thank something you. that she was like dealing with. And you see that kind of like moments. So I appreciate that. I liked it oh, a lot. Oh, thank you. Okay. That's great. Thank you for that. I do have a question for all of you. Okay. Um, what was one of your favorite scenes to film the most rewarding for you as an actor? And what was the most rewarding scene to write as a writer? Oh, that's such a good question. So I'll start with... <laughs> he gives the good ones. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh. Most rewarding scene to film? I think probably... Uh, probably like screaming my head off at Perry. <laughs> <laughs> so good. Probably, yeah. Probably that. Um, because, you know... Uh, you know, these two had such great arcs for their characters um, that, you know, have really in the grand scheme of things panned out over two seasons. And Jordan has, you know, he's really only become um, sort of a co-lead in season two. So we really, really had to work on fleshing him out. Um, and, you know, we really had to ask ourselves the questions, you know, the, what does he actually want? What does he do? outside of work what is his actual relationship with l because we've had a time jump and they had this uh you know strained relationship in season one in which he sort of secretly hated her because she was a little mean to him and we love the idea that they actually had become close friends and business partners and i think the arc of the season for me you know stem from the question what happens when uh um what happens when a side character realizes that they're a side character <laughs> <laughs> yeah like that's i which i just love so much and uh he genuinely he has this real this realization and he really finally um in an explosive inappropriate way but just at, at least like once and for the first time uh, really stands up for himself and, you know, expresses this anger over this mistreatment that someone he calls his friend has been, you know, putting on him all these years. So that was really fun. That was great to film. And I, it was like cathartic and it was great. Uh, the one that was uh, probably the most, the best to write for me was um, 
uh, Jordan's hallucination when he's when he's talking to himself. Oh, that hair. Gorgeous hair. I never had such a headache in like all my life. Oh, because of its pulling or it was so yeah, it was so tight. (laughs) That was I I loved writing that. Um that was like I feel like what I had in my head when, you know, when I met Jordan for the first time in season one. So just was like, what do you want? What's you know? What are your goals? Like, what what do you see yourself being? I just love him so much. It's awful. It was like such a. It was awful to film. It was so. It was <laughs> awful, awful. To film. We were so. I, we were at that co working space for like just so long, and we were just filming such long days. And it was like my final scene at the end of that uh, week. And I didn't know my lines. <laughs> I was so tired. I didn't know my lines. I got in the getup. I got in the imaginary uh, Jordan costume. I was like, I don't know what's going on anymore. <laughs> the magic of editing. <laughs> yeah. You looked fabulous. You would never so. know. It's pretty yeah. performance is so, perfect. Yeah, yeah. So many long cuts of just like, line. <laughs> <laughs> Well, it's great, though. So it was so good. Um, what about you, Perry? Um, I think my favorite. <laughs> I think my favorite to write is that scene with um, Hunter, where he talks about the, his like the journey of like Blue Angel. <laughs> I, I I was really stuck because I like wanted him to be sort of a like a like a genius or an idiot savant, like in this sort of world where he's such an unlikable character in season one and then season two it's like actually I'm very wise (laughs) um so I was very stuck on how to show that but still make it clear that he's a big ditz um and I the scene just came out of me and then there was like edits obviously because it was we needed a little bit of shaping to it but that was my favorite because I don't know where that idea came from or where this like blue leotard idea came from but it was really I love it when you're writing and you're really hitting a wall and then all of a sudden it just pours out of you um, and it kind of works with some help. So yeah, I, that was my favorite. Um, also Scott is just such a comedic genius. So I knew he was going to just send that puppy home. Um, and then I think my most, uh, rewarding scene to shoot was the last one with Heidi. Um, cause it was such a, like, it was also really great to write. Cause we really, we really hacked away at that scene for so long and it was so many different versions and we just weren't hitting the thing we needed to hit. Um, and then when we did, we just, we, we knew it, like it was going to just work. And there was just so much culminating from two seasons and four years of working together that was in that scene. And I think, um, it, uh, and we also got to shoot it last, which I think is such a beautiful gift. It was the last thing we shot. And, um, yeah, I think for me, that was just, I was like, wow, what a way to end a two season journey and, and do it with a friend and yeah. The most rewarding scene to write and then watch get filmed was the professional cuddler scene with Jordan and oh, Marvin. So yeah. Working with Prince Amponso is just like a dream come true. I've wanted to work with him for years and getting to write his character arc while he consulted and then getting to watch Alex and Prince bring that scene to life mm-hmm. and their like just skills as actors and sensitivity and subtlety and beauty and the, thank you for your no it just was like 
I was just, I was just sitting back watching it being like, I fucking wish someone else made this show for me to watch. Like, I just want to watch <laughs> these two characters forever. It was just really exciting. Um, and then filming was, I, the wedding was really fun because the wedding was my producer baby from like getting that location, working with Kiki to get all of the wedding rentals from this company I used to work for when I managed weddings and casting the BG and to get, <laughs> it was so much work and everyone on the, like the, some other producers were like, this is crazy. We can't do this. And I was like, we can, and we will. <laughs> and I just worked around the clock because like it's happening. It's, and it's, it's, it's turned out so epic. It's such a full scene. And I thought it would look vacant and we wouldn't have enough BG or whatever, but it just really worked out. And it's just like the production value and how the BG were so beautiful. Like, especially the ones that played Rosie's family and Ro and Nilu and Lauren were just glowing. And it was like the most beautiful queer wedding. Like I just absolutely loved every second of it. And I love the way that it turned out in the edit. I think it's wonderful. And like, we just all looked ridiculous, the three of us. And so <laughs> I love like, Alec looked so fly. And it was like one of the only scenes we got to to film all three of us together. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah. yeah. What's, what's really funny is as I'm watching season two, and I get to that episode, I'm like, is that Lauren? Because yeah. Lauren, Lauren is a, a, a special host that we have on this podcast, because we've interviewed oh her for a couple of her films. And then yeah. we became friends over the pandemic. And she'll come on and, and actually guest host. And it is it was just so funny to be like, oh, my God, it's Lauren. And, I had and she's so femme, but she with her so evil, like, her creepy <laughs> yeah. eyes. Yeah. So, there's so I, many takes we didn't get to use of her that we were uh, so upset about. We were like, see, I just want the whole thing to be her giving cut eyes. Oh, my God. Her running across the way. She's like, no, 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 no. I was like, that is yeah, yeah, yeah. so funny. I was like, me, I immediately messed her on Instagram. I'm like, oh, my God. And she laughed. She's oh like, oh, it's me. I loved it. I was like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we were uh, so lucky to have her. I'm so That's so great she's the best <laughs> well it is do you think this is so because unfortunately uh it's sort of a two season series but do you think we've seen the last of these characters would you ever consider rejoining for like um uh, epilogue or or like a five years later or like a little mini uh, thing just to kind of see where the characters ended up after new zealand and after <laughs> you know I guess tall jock after tall jock and still together. <laughs> Another queer wedding. Yeah. <laughs> um, I don't know. I think like, as of right now, I think we sort of feel like, and I'll, tell me I'm wrong, you guys, but I feel like we sort of reached the arc of where these characters are, but I don't, I don't know. Maybe I haven't thought about like down the road. I don't know. I feel like we sort of told their, told their stories and they were with us in times that we, as people needed them to be. And then, I don't know. I hadn't thought about an epilogue down the road though. So. <laughs> it's an interesting an interesting pondering i'm at the whim of these two i mean i would put <laughs> in i would put jordan makeup back on tomorrow <laughs> i like we've been you know as we've been sort of promoting the show and it's entered the festival circuit you know um on the avocado toast instagram we see all these pictures and, and stills and stuff and i'm like oh my god that was such a great outfit <laughs> <laughs> well side question did you get to keep anything i had to keep I, I got to keep a few things um i got to keep the wedding suit um i don't know where i'm gonna wear it but i, I got to keep it i got to keep 
<laughs> look, at, look at this all brown outfit that I wore at the at the office. There were like these like brown suede pants, and I I wear those like all the time. I got to keep some things. I got to keep some things. Shout out to Charlena Cuomo, oh. our wardrobe designer. Oh my god, she's oh my god. just a legend, and we're so lucky we got to work with her. When yeah. Yeah, I don't, I, I, my brain doesn't, like, I'm still working on avocado toast. I'm still doing the, like, festival applications <laughs> and deliveries and marketing and social media. Like, I, and we have to do all these reporting to the fund. Like, I've probably still got a year and a half of work for Avo. So, for me, it doesn't feel like it's finished. But maybe after that's done, then maybe <laughs> I'll be able to answer, like, what's next for it. I think it's pr- probably finished. But I would never say never. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. Maybe we'll all read neat when we're 50 and tell the boomer or not the boomer, <laughs> but like the parent story. Who knows? Yeah. <laughs> I'm excited for that. Maybe yeah. we'll all have a maybe we'll have a baby together. Yeah. Oh my god. Molly Ellen Jordan. Yeah. Maybe we'll be the new first. three three humans and a baby. I don't know. Yeah. Co- co-parenting, a wee baby. You could just rewrite three men and a baby as like three people and a baby. I'm yeah. here for it all day long. I'm like already dying at the look on Rosie's face. <laughs> yeah, so long as, uh, what is it, is it uh, Rosie and Jake are still in there somewhere? Because that would be amazing. Yeah, totally. Totally. Yeah, I know. Yeah. I loved it. Also, I just, I have to say, I You never want to see the end of a series, but I also agree. My favorite scene of the entire series was that last bar scene at Rosie's. It was so beautiful, and I thought you all knocked it out of the park. It was Mm. so well done. I really, really, really enjoyed it. Not to say what happens, because I want everyone to watch the show. So, (laughs) (laughs) Do we have um, anything coming down the pipeline for the three of you coming up? Alex? Okay. Um... Yeah, I well, right now um, I'm co-starring in uh, a CBC show called Moonshine. So it's an hour-long dramedy show about a family uh, living in the South Shore of Nova Scotia. And they're basically fighting for their birthright to own um, their ancestral home and resort uh, called the Moonshine, which is a you know a huge piece of piece of shit with all these problems. We get into um, tax fraud and uh, money laundering and, you know, uh, drug smuggling. Uh, so it's a really great show. I'm, I'm, I've just come off of uh, filming the third season over the summer. And uh, season two is um, out right now. Uh, we have episodes going out on CBC and Gem every Sunday. And um, season one is on Netflix right now. Awesome. I'm going to watch that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, on the acting side, I just wrapped a like seventies horror film called Eat Organic. I don't know when it's going to be done yet, but it's in post right now. It's very fun and wacky and great. Um, terrifying. I don't think I ever want to make a horror movie ever again. Um, um, I have a hilarious cameo in Andor on Disney plus the new star Wars show. You will see me dressed in furs singing around a crazy campfire. (laughs) Um, and yeah, I think, I think that's it for now. And then on the producing side, I've just got some really exciting things in development. So I've got a new web series called finding green. Um, and then I'm really focusing on documentary world. So I'm making a queer women's fishing documentary, the thing you never knew you needed. 
Um, and I'm also um, in development on a exciting feature film. Um, and I'm also working on uh, an the documentation of an art installation where I get to travel to Lisbon, Croatia, New Mexico, and Toronto. So the next like year and a half are going to be nuts. I also have a puppy. So um, we'll see how it all fits together. Well, I'm offended the puppy's not on camera. So. <laughs> oh my gosh, I could get her. <laughs> it's very sweet. <laughs> Who are you? Um, so for me, I, uh, yeah, acting side, I, uh, what's, what have I done this year? I, I just, there's an episode of strays. I'm in three episodes of season two on CBC. So my second episode aired last night. Um, so the third one will be the final episode and I play an absolute hurricane of a woman and I'm very excited to share her with the entire world. Um, I love her. She's nuts. Um, uh, and then what else? Oh my God. I'm fully, Oh, I did Murdoch mysteries this year as well, which was a lifelong dream. I just never auditioned for it. I think <laughs> I changed agents recently and I just never got out for it before. And so I auditioned and they booked me and I was like, I did it. I did it. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> I, was like, I need to cross that threshold. Um, so I played this like burlesque dancer and she was a lot of fun. Um, and then there's a Christmas movie coming out this Christmas. Um, and then, yeah, a couple other things in the new year that I, I don't, I don't know when they're coming out, but, uh, those are other things. And then producing, I have a series called stories from my gay grandparents that I'm very excited about, uh, which is basically these, uh, a couple that's been married for 50 years as each other's beards. Mm -hmm. And they've had like a full family and children or one child, and then they have grandchildren. And then they, um, are in a situation where they're in a near death experience and they uh, are catapulted into realizing that they need to just live their fullest gay lives. And they uh, use their queer grandchildren to sort of give them the rope. So it's like a reverse baby gay. Um, <laughs> like how to be. <laughs> yeah. So that <laughs> if all goes well, hopefully we'll film in uh, early 2023, but we're still waiting to hear some things. So we'll see. Um yeah. And then I just, I have a feature film that I'm still hacking away at on the writing side that I want to make, uh, that hopefully I can film in Alberta somewhere. Cause it'll have to do with horses and queer love as well. So <laughs> we love queer love and queer grandparents. So bring them yeah. back, bring it all back. <laughs> That's amazing. Uh, where can we find you all online? Yeah. Instagram's the best for me. Heidi Lynch film. Yeah. Same here. Perry Voss just at Perry Boss on Instagram. Uh, I hate my Instagram handle. <laughs> <laughs> but it's, it, I'm on Instagram for the most part. It's at uh, Alex Joe Nunez, because Alex J. Nunez was taken. Uh oh, but, <laughs> rude. Yeah, Every I'm, time I go to tag you for our social posts, I write Alex J. Nunez, and I'm like, where is he? And then I'm I like, know. oh, fuck Joe. I know. <laughs> Alex J.O. Nunez, because it's, it's for Joseph. And then it's the same handle on TikTok. I have like 10 followers. <laughs> Get it. <laughs> but, you know, like, yeah, that. And uh, I might, I don't know, who knows? I might be leaving Twitter soon, so I won't, won't bother to post it. Uh, uh, so. Thanks, Elon. <laughs> yeah, I think we're all like, 
in the process of leaving Twitter. Um, funny story, <laughs> Heidi, though, like when you're saying you're tagging the wrong Instagram account, I was on a work trip and I was just tagging my boss in every photo, every photo, like 50 to 100 photos. And I was not my boss. I was tagging. I got the name wrong. And apparently there's there's two people named exactly the same thing. So I got this message from this woman being like, hi, I don't know who you're tagging, but I'm not with you. <laughs> and I just like standing in Paris was like, I'm going to die. <laughs> you have to go through all of the photos and tag. No, literally I had to be like, mm-hmm. <laughs> but like worst thing was, was like earlier that day, my boss had said like, I'm not getting any photo notifications. I was like, oh, she can't even use Instagram. <laughs> but like, I'm the problem. <laughs> You're the problem. It's me. Oh, yeah. that's incredible. That's incredible. Uh, I'm also, I'm so, so sorry. Apparently they decided to do an alarm check on my side. So this part's going to be edited out. Um, I might have to get Stuart to say the thank you. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, thank but, you all for joining us today. Oh, stop. Um, <laughs> so it stays in. We need keep to keep going, that. Keep now. going, yeah. <laughs> all right, Stefan, would you like to say goodbye to everybody? I know you love doing it. <laughs> oh, if you insist. <laughs> uh, thank you all so much for joining us. We really appreciate this time with you, and we really love the show. For our listeners out there, please go watch Avocado Toast on Out TV. And once again, thank you all so, so much. Thank, thank you. you so much. You guys are the best. This is so fun. Thank you so much for joining us, everyone. If you want to find me on Instagram, it's xndra underscore d-e-s-i-g-n, xndra underscore design. I would love your feedback, comments, hate mail, whatever you got for me. But let me know it's podcast related because I get a lot of weird things in my inbox. Hey, everyone. It's me, Bear Sailor Moon. You can find me on all social media platforms at Bear Sailor Moon. Including Scroff. If you want to find that, uh, you can search me at Starfox. I like that it's still not your real name. No. You can find me on Instagram or TikTok at Jennikin underscore. Or if you have an Amex Black card, you can send me a DM. They are open. It's not just the DM that's open, sweetheart. Well, it depends on the net worth. (laughs) (laughs) It opens other avenues. I have a moon kingdom. Does that count as net worth? Better yet, I think it's more important to ask how wide are those avenues. You can find me on all social media at C-A-R-L-O-T-T-A-C-A-R-L-I-S-L-E. Amazing she can still spell that far up in, like, fame. <laughs> hey, everyone. It's Chad. Follow me on Instagram at C-S-K-I-O-1. Or you could buy me a pizza. I just want pizza coupons. I will also accept pizza coupons. I guess that means I have to say something funny. Shit. (laughs) I'm not sharing my pizza with you. Okay, I will. I will, I swear. (laughs) You can find me at Julia Lynch on Instagram and on Twitter. And you can find me, SJ Maroney, on Instagram. Find us on Facebook and Instagram under RWACPOD. Join our Patreon for all of our archive seasons and bonus content. And please rate and review this podcast wherever you subscribe. Until next time, go Steelers. (laughs) 